Oh, Welcome to the Star Wars Spooky, oh, where we give you the spooky on all things Star Wars, right after we get spooky. You can find the show on Twitter, at Star Wars Skinny, or on TikTok, or Insta- <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, got something caught in my throat there. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Sly Moore uh, today, if that name sounds familiar. Uh, she was brought up in Andor, uh, episode four. Um, Mon Mothma's talking about one of her many dinner parties. We've seen a couple of those dinner parties um, in, in the show, and uh, apparently one of them that was off screen involved uh, Sly Moore, who is one of the em- Emperor's right hand people. Uh, so uh, she was not very happy about uh, Slide Moore being at her dinner party. But um, did I get skinny before recording this episode? Well, it's a long story. Who's that? Tweakle tweet. Uh, trick. You don't need to hear about how I got skinny. I can go about my business. What do you think of that, kids? Quiff you, Moof Milka. Alrighty then. I'm gonna give the people the skinny on Slide Moore. Before we get into the, you know, heavy details of her story and, and what her character's all about, I just want to say um, this was a character that I was always, like, interested in. I remember one of my... <laughs> I didn't start a podcast as a kid, but, like, I always have these phases of things. I'm hoping this podcast is not just a phase, but um, there was a moment where I would read through every single junior novelization for all of the Star Wars movies at the time, so the original six, and I would create the complete saga this was before the lego star wars complete saga game came out so i like created it all in my head and i said okay here's the characters that are going to be unlocked through the story um and i had been i like created these little side stories just based off of like sentences from the novelizations and i think i had sly moore's uh a character that you could play as in like a story mode um i had i had some for like every Every movie, and uh, my greatest claim to fame is that I predicted the uh, Zam Wessel speeder chase in uh, the Lego Star Wars, uh, the complete saga, because I basically scripted that whole game out before before the uh, complete saga hit the shelves. But um, it, it had a lot of characters, uh, and everyone was super impressed by how many characters there were, but um, I was not one of them because I had uh, a notebook of like probably like a thousand characters or something. <laughs> Um, so yeah, Sly Moore has always been, I don't know, some, somebody who I knew, I, I knew her name, um, even though she was just a character in, I think, all of the prequels, maybe just two and three, um, that you can just see next to Palpatine, and she's mysterious, and, um, yeah, just a, a cool design for a character. Um, the other thing, uh, even though she was brought up in Andor, and everyone's like, oh, and this is, this is who... Um, Mon Mothma's husband thinks would be fun to have at a dinner party. Like that's the joke. Um, Sly Moore has been all over Star Wars Twitter before. Um, that that was not the first time that that had happened. Um, it, I remember that this is like when I was getting back into Star Wars. Um, after the dark times, um, I think this was probably between. Well, yeah, it would have been between the Force Awakens and uh, the Last Jedi. Once everyone knew that that Ray was a Jedi and there's all these questions about her parents. Um, 
Slymore was one of the common, um, th is, is Slymore Ray's mother? And there would be all these YouTube videos and stuff. And uh, since I was just kind of diving into the fandom at that point, uh, I am uh, ashamed to say that, yes, I watched some of those YouTube videos and I was all in on the on the uh, the speculation uh, for episode eight. So Slymore, um, she's, she's trended before, uh, she's trending now, and uh, she will trend again. Um, but now we can get into the, the details of her character. Uh, Slymore was... Um, senior Administrative Aide uh, and Chief of Staff uh, for the Chancellor uh, and the Emperor, um, I mean, Palpatine, uh, but while during uh, his reign as Chancellor and uh, Emperor. Um, so I guess Senior Administrative Aide, I kind of think of that as like, at, like she's scheduling all of his meetings and stuff, but like, no, she's she's up to some 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 shady stuff as as we'll see as we get through this episode um she was nicknamed the queen of the empire by the hollow media because there were rumors that she and the emperor shared a relationship um this is some legend stuff and it will i'll i'll be talking about it a little bit more later um <laughs> she was one of the few people who knew palpatine's true identity i guess if if she's gonna you know serve him and be be so close uh to the action yeah she's got to know but she knew he was the Sith Lord Darth Sidious. Uh, it's unclear when she found that out. I think it's supposed to be before um, the events of the Phantom Menace, because I think Maul is tied into that a little bit. Um, she was Force Adept herself, with the ability to manipulate minds. Uh, she also has some sort of thing with her fingers. Uh, maybe by the end of this episode, I'll take a quick look, look and figure out what that's all about, but... In some comics, the character Ochi of Bestoon from the Rise of Skywalker flashbacks, um, it says, don't do the finger thing, don't do the finger thing. Um, so I'm, I'm assuming the finger thing has something to do with the Force. Otherwise, that, that would be a really weird thing to say to someone. Um, in Legends, Slymore oversaw Palpatine's evil experiments on the planet Biss, uh, including the spontaneous generation of life. So Palpatine obsessed with uh, creating life, creating um, Force-sensitive life, um, all the stuff that Plagueis was into, Palpatine's into also, so she kind of oversaw uh, that part of things for Palpatine. Uh, she actually disappeared before the Empire uh, was defeated. Uh, in, uh, I guess this is a legend story, so yeah, we'll say the Battle of Endor. Um, in, in canon, the Empire kind of hangs on a little bit longer until the Battle of Jakku, which we see the remnants of in The Force Awakens. But um, So she's kind of out of the picture Legends-wise, um, and then we we meet back up with her again, or people that knew her. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty wild stuff. Uh, so Slymore, she is a native of the Shadow World Umbara, which we see in the Clone Wars. Uh, this is the the Pongrel episodes, where I think it's a set of four, three or four episodes, where Captain Rex and a bunch of other clones in Anakin's battalion are, are put under uh, the the orders of a, a different Jedi general, a Jedi. Pong Krell. He looks like Dexter Jetster. Uh, talks a little bit like him, too. Just a little bit. Um, oh, is he voiced by Clancy Brown? I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. I, oh, who's, who voices him? I heard him on a podcast sometime. Pong Krell was voiced by Dave Fenoy. Uh, I heard an interview with him on the Funny Science Fiction podcast, uh, and he seemed like a, a really cool dude. Uh, Pong Krell, though, uh, not a really cool dude. Uh, back to the show. All right, the people who live on Umbara, uh, they're, I don't know, they're <laughs> creepy. 
<laughs> I don't want to say that about a whole race of people, but uh, we, we only know a few of them, and one of them is Sly Moore, who is very creepy. Um, and I think we our, our clones are kind of fighting against the, the people of Umbara. They've sided with the Separatists in the Clone Wars, um, and they've got these cool ships. Um, they have these uh, cool outfits that I think help them see a little bit better because it's a, a planet where it's just always dark. Um, the other Umbaran that we see, I guess I should say Slymore, sometimes just called the Umbaran uh, because there aren't really that many others, at, at least known to uh, the people of the Republic and the Empire. Um, one other Umbaran character was a Jedi during the High Republic, Orla Jereni, uh, who is a really cool character and uh, I'll be talking about on uh, definitely my, my High Republic book club podcast, Jedi Reading Order. Great plug. Um, but maybe here too, because I think she's really cool and she does tie in a little bit with Obi-Wan's story in a weird way. Um, so I think it would be, uh, interesting, um, to, to talk about her as well. So, uh, the Umbaran that we care about today, Slymore, the spooky one, because this is the Halloween episode. Um, yeah, she is an Umbaran, a uh, native of th that shadow world. She was designed off of a goth-like, uh, concept art, uh, that I guess was just commissioned for the prequels but they didn't really know what they were going to use it for maybe it was going to be a sith at some point i don't know um but pale skin white eyes bald head um she always wore what's called a shadow cloak uh, and had a high collar and carried uh, stiletto stiletto like knives um and they were known as a vuktar so i don't know i'm guessing this is i'm picturing like a visual dictionary where it points to all this stuff and it says here's her high-collared uh, shadow cloak. Here's her, her knives, where she keeps her knives. They're called Vuktar. Um, I don't know if she's ever said, like in a comic book, I'm going to stab you with my Vuktar. I, I doubt it. But it's it's cool little stuff that like I, I did not expect to see this level of detail on a Wikipedia page because you know, why, why would I? Um, but that, that's what's awesome about Star Wars. Um, so her backstory, uh, she was born Force-sensitive on Umbara, but uh, was not discovered uh, and inducted by the Jedi. She kind of just lived out her childhood there on Umbara. So that's probably why she has these uh, small force powers. She she didn't get it like honed when she was young. She can do like low-level stuff, but the Jedi either couldn't sense her on Umbara just because of the nature of the planet, which would be really interesting, or maybe uh, it was being shielded by um, the, the Sith in a way, uh, because... The Jedi don't find her, and uh, the Sith sure do. A tattooed uh, assassin, a Zabrak tattooed assassin, uh, if that sounds familiar, that is exactly who you think it is, um, kidnapped her and imprisoned her for months in an ancient tomb of the Sith, where she was, quote, spiritually assaulted by long-dead Sith lords until um, her savior, uh, Senator Palpatine from Naboo, um, rescued her and nursed her back to health. Uh, so Palpatine himself, the, the Dark Lord of the Sith, raised the girl and educated her in politics. Uh, eventually, he let her in on the, the grand plan uh, to, to the revenge of the Sith and told her his secret identity. It's not really clear exactly when that happens, but I think it's a, a little bit before um, the, uh, the Phantom Menace. Um, so, and then when Chancellor Valorum was removed from office, uh, the, the Chancellor before Palpatine that we see kind of get evicted in... Uh, in the Phantom Menace, uh, when he was removed, his aide, uh, Saitaria, she tried to join Palpatine's crew, kind of like how Masameda joined Palpatine's crew. We talked about that a little bit on the Masameda episode. 
Uh, but yeah, Tommy Two Horns, the big blue guy with the horns, he he was he served Florum and then he served Palpatine. So some of these aides kind of expected that, like, oh yeah, new chancellor, I'll just keep my job. Um, so so this um, Sataria was no different. Uh, but Sly Moore ended up blackmailing them in order to get the position herself. So I'm guessing Palpatine um, was involved too because you know Palpatine knew her and probably wanted to hire her. So I'm guessing uh, Sataria didn't have uh, much of a chance there. So that's the backstory. Some of that is legend. Some of that is canon. I don't really. I don't think there's any reason that we need to distinguish between the two for Sly Moore, because she's a very minor character. Um, but she actually is becoming a little bit more of a player in canon, which is really interesting. She <sighs> Dang, Farrick. Get off my lawn, kids. I'm trying to give the people the skinny. <sighs> she frequently appears in the Darth Vader comics, which are canon. Um, I think there's a good... It's mostly the uh, the 2020 run that's still going on right now. I don't know if she's. I don't think she's a big part of the stories that are happening like right now. If you went to a comic book shop and picked up the comic, it was more of the earlier issues uh, of Darth Vader. But um, yeah, she plays a really interesting role. She's kind of like against Vader in some ways. She's very loyal to Palpatine, but like she kind of joins other groups as well in order to better serve Palpatine is how she puts it but like I think she's got some some motivations of her own uh so in these Vader comics Vader he's trying to find Exegol the the planet the the evil Sith planet that we see in the Rise of Skywalker that Palpatine's um you know storing all of his his uh, star destroyers in the ground and uh trying to he made Snoke there it seems uh so Exegol the big creepy planet Vader wants to find it because he doesn't really trust the Emperor right now this is um between episodes five and six so he found out that uh, Luke is his son, and he kind of realizes that the Emperor knew that knew about this in some way, or he knew that uh, Padme lived to to have the children. So he doesn't really trust doesn't really trust Palpatine. So he's like, "All right, I'm gonna go find Exegol for myself, and I'm gonna figure out all of his secrets." Um, so Ochi of Bestoon, uh, honestly, a really fun character, and I cannot wait for me to do a, a an episode about him. Uh, but yeah, the guy who killed who killed Ray's parents in the Rise of Skywalker and flashbacks. Uh, he is a big player in the Vader comics, and he is hilarious. But he's he's kind of a uh, a doof. Um, he is tasked with stopping Vader, um, and, and he, he can't stop Vader. He's Ochi of Bestoon. Um, but um, he's yeah, he's a scrub. So Palpatine sends Slymore to complete the mission because he's like, all right, Ochi can't do it. Uh, Slymore, you, you you do it. So she sticks like. A bunch of TIE fighters on Vader and chases them into a nebula um, near Exegol, which these nebulas have giant monsters, as we saw in Solo. Uh, so she thinks it'll kill Vader, so she kind of hangs back. But uh, it's a comic with Darth Vader on the cover, and uh, there is a lot of crazy stuff that happens in the comics. Uh, so if you pit Darth Vader against a giant, like, space monster, um, Darth Vader's going to find a way to win, and it was awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Slymore. Um, yeah, he, Vader makes it to Exegol. Palpatine kicks kicks his metal butt and uh, takes him back to Coruscant. Uh, on Coruscant, uh, Slymore and Masameda kind of advise Palpatine, like, "Hey, you should you should probably kill Vader. Or, you know, bring him down a notch because like yeah, this he's unstoppable. Uh, you should be worried about this." But Palpatine says, "I am uh, I am beyond his reach, and you are beneath his notice." He will find his true enemy soon enough. Uh, 
the uh, true enemy line part of that was interesting just given the this is really tied to the sequels and that we're talking about Exegol but um, that, that's kind of what uh, Snoke says when uh, he's talking he's like goading uh, Ben uh, or I guess Kylo at the point uh, to, to kill Ray he's like oh he will turn his weapon I guess it's the same voice I don't have a good Snoke voice yet uh, uh, happy Snoketober everybody uh, I don't have a good Snoke voice yet but he's turning the weapon on his true enemy and Kylo's really turning it on him um, so that the true enemy line was interesting to me. Uh, Sly Moore then gets demoted to sub-administrator. I think she was just the administrator at this point uh, because she failed to stop Vader. Um, apparently, sub-administrators actually have to do work. Uh, and so there's like scenes of her like at a desk doing paperwork with underlings under her, and she does not look uh, happy about it at all. But it, it actually gets her on the trail of Crimson Dawn, which is, was also... I guess also I'm talking about Space Monsters and Crimson Dawn, also a big feature of Solo. Uh, so that these comics really tie in with, with all the new movies, which is really cool. But uh, Crimson Dawn, uh, they're, they're putting together an auction for Han Solo's carbonite body. Um, and if this sounds a little bit familiar, I did do an episode on this as well. This was the War of the Bounty Hunters, and this is kind of how the, the Darth Vader comic characters get into the, the mix. Sly Moore gets a letter, uh, or, or she finds out that Crimson Dawn is through her menial tasks as a sub-administrator. Um, I, I don't really care to, to know more about how that works. So she hears the name Skywalker uh, when somebody's telling her about Crimson Dawn and because Han Solo is a connection to Skywalker. She jumps at the opportunity. She remembers Palpatine's interest in Anakin Skywalker. She was she was there for the, you know, have you ever heard the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? He, he, she was there for that scene uh, at the start of that scene when Anakin shows up, uh, he, he says to his friends, Masameda, Slymore, and I think there's like this dinosaur guy there too. But he says, leave us. Um, and uh, they leave. But like she knows that Palpatine has an interest in Anakin Skywalker at that point. So when she hears the name Skywalker, she perks up. Um, and we don't see it like exactly on the page, but I think she figures out that Vader and Anakin are the same person. She's a smart person. She's a little bit force sensitive. Um, I'm, I'm sure she figured it out. Um, so what she does is she like brings up the schematics of Vader's suit and uh, like she downloads it and sells it to Crimson Dawn or I, th I think that's what she did. Um, and then later we we see Vader getting ambushed by IG88, uh, the bounty hunter. This is the War of the Bounty Hunters, so of course there's tons of bounty hunters. But this is uh, the IG assassin droid uh, Taika Waititi voiced IG11 in the Mandalorian. Um, similar similar concept I mean, it, identical concept it's a, a droid that is a bounty hunter um, and probably talks funny and spins around and does cool stuff um, IG-88 has a controller that can hack Vader's armor uh, Vader takes it and sends IG-88 packing because uh, it's Darth Vader and it's his comic book um, and IG like whines to Crimson Dawn and wants to quit and he says no one can defeat him um, his contact in Crimson Dawn says Against him, each of us is nothing, but he could grow more powerful than the Emperor and still only kill us, one at a time. Then the contact takes off her hood. I am merely Administrator Moore, just another cipher in the dark, scorned and forgotten, but if all of us stand together, we will be more powerful than they could ever imagine. Uh, then Vader shows up and chops everybody down. Uh, Sly Moore is spared because she, she like says, Skywalker, Skywalker, I know the name Skywalker, and uh, she tells Vader about this auction for Han Solo. And it kind of begins Vader's involvement in the War of the Bounty Hunters. But like, 
Uh, you tell Vader the name Skywalker, and uh, I don't think he's uh, going to forget that. So you better watch your back, Sly Moore. Um, then she's in the actual War of the Bounty Hunter comics, which are actual actual comics, um, not just tie-ins. So Sly is there for the auction. Um, she attends it with General Romati, who was in Rogue One and A New Hope, um, separate actors. Uh, but apparently she wasn't given a very big uh, budget to bid with. Um, so there, it's like literally a room full of people betting on Han Solo's body. Uh, she gets angry with all the bi uh, bidding and uses a mind trick to stop all the bidding. Uh, but the mind tricks don't work on huts, so Job of the Hut wins and, and she loses. Um, but then Vader storms in, because um, I think Sly told him about this, so I don't know why anyone's surprised. But Vader just storms in and just takes Solo and says he's mine. Uh, Jabba is not happy with that, but, you know, is not going to, you know, threaten his relationship with the Empire, um, at least at that moment. Uh, I, I won't get into all the hut stuff, but there's a beefy hut called Baku. Uh, who uh, does not uh, back down as, as easily as uh, Jabba does, which is really funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, Vader storms in, Slymore, she's a store, sore loser, and sends these assassin droids after Vader and uh, repair droids uh, to Luke, because Luke is there as well. Um, and they're, they're having this dogfight in space, Vader and Luke, and she's supporting Vader's enemy. Um, again, she just keeps crossing Vader. Not a good idea. Uh while that's happening, uh, Ochi kind of realizes that she's working against Vader because Ochi is loyal to Vader at this point. Lo Ochi changes sides more times than anyone in Star Wars. It's His deal is like he serves whoever has power. Whoever has the most power in his mind, that's who he should serve. Um, the, the fight between them was, was pretty cool. She, she wins because uh, Ochi is ugh, hot trash. Uh, but she explains her motivations. She says that Vader is afraid of Luke and she wants to keep him afraid. Uh, if Vader kills Luke, um, he, he solidifies himself by Palpatine's side. There's no other like Luke that could replace him. Um, and then at that point, Vader's going to strike down the, the small potatoes like Slymore. Um, so she wants to just keep him occupied, I think. Um, it's not super clear, um, at least uh, to me. Um, she also pitches Ochi on joining Crimson Dawn because, um, you know, they're they're more powerful than, than everyone. Palpatine... Palpatine most fears Crimson Dawn over anything else, is what she says. So um, They fight a second time. Um, Ochi actually wins round two and brings her to the Empire in handcuffs. Um, Vader rolls up and then Force chokes her. I thought this was going to be the end of Sly Moore because you get Force choked by Vader. I guess we saw Reva get Force choked by Vader in the Obi-Wan series, and uh, she eventually got let go. Uh, so maybe Vader just likes to, to toy around with people a little bit. But Palpatine holograms in uh, and demands that Vader let her go and focus on taking down Crimson Dawn, because Slymore was right. Uh, the Emperor is afraid of Crimson Dawn. Uh, then Slymore gets, <laughs> kind of survives. The the big shots, the Sith, kind of start chatting. Uh, and then uh, Masameda kind of looks down at Slymore. She smiles at him and says, The Emperor knows the value of my service. And Masameda says, or perhaps, sub-administrator, you aren't important enough for him to even notice. Um, so it's cool little, you know, back and forth between the, the underlings of, of Palpatine that um, they're always kind of jockeying for position. And, um, you know, Masameda seems a little uh, sarcastic and very uh, content with his position as the true right hand to, to Palpatine, at least politically. Uh, and then she is in some legend stories. Uh after these rumors of a relationship with Palpatine, um, 
that kind of plagued her political career. She was transferred to the secret Sith planet Abyss to oversee the culling and training of captured Jedi Padawans. So this sounds like Fortress Inquisitorious, but Legends Edition. Uh, she tortured Jedi, pitted them against each other, attempting to turn them into slaves of the dark side of the Force. Um, she also supervised a project to create life from nothing. It succeeded, and something called Trioculus was born, uh, which is like, the, it, it was called the son of Palpatine. It was in these like super far out um, uh, Legends books, like the Young Readers books, like Jedi, uh, New Jedi Order, stuff like that, I think. Uh, don't Don't shoot me if... Uh, that was wrong. I haven't read them yet. Um, she was interested in Plagueis' research herself and even found some Force-sensitive DNA and impregnated herself. And then um, the, the rumor is, is that she died giving birth to Triclops, the three-eyed mutant son of Palpatine. So that's Sly Moore. Um, I hope it wasn't too spooky for you. Uh, in the first, uh, because this podcast was just started in February or... March of this year. This was the first Halloween episode of the Star Wars Skinny, and uh, please look forward to years to come because uh, there's a lot of spooky stuff in Star Wars, and I only kind of thought of this one because she was mentioned in Andor. I don't think we're going to see her there, but it's possible. But uh, yeah, as I was looking through, I'm like, yeah, this is some some weird stuff. She is a, a, a shady a shady person and uh, not someone that I would want to uh, uh, go to a dinner party with. So I'm glad that we uh, that I'm glad for Mon Mothma that. Uh, it went well enough that it wasn't uh, important enough to put in the, the Andor um, series because if, if Slymore was there, she could probably like read her mind, change Mon Mothma's position on something. Not saying that Mon Mothma's weak-minded, but uh, Slymore, uh, not a force uh, to be trifled with. So uh, thank you for listening to the Star Wars Skinny. You can find me on Twitter at Star Wars Skinny, TikTok at Star Wars Skinny, Instagram at Star Wars Skinny. Oh, nobody choked me that time. That's cool. Um, and uh, probably somewhere else. Uh, uh, Oculus at Droopy McCool 35 if you want to beat my high scores and beat Saber. Boo!